This week's parsha is Parshas Vayechi. It's the end of Sefer Bereshis. And contained in Parshas Vayechi is, of course, the brachas that Yaakov gives to each of his sons. And each of them are blessed or given Musr to in the way that was appropriate, not just the actual Shevet as they stood before him on that day, but of course, Binavua, he was revealing a lot of secrets, a lot of the destiny of each and every Shevet and the destiny of Kla Yisrael as a whole. When it comes to Shevet Yisachar, so Yaakov Avinu says, Yisachar Chamar Garim, Reivetz Benamishbasayim. He compares Yisachar to a chamar, to a donkey. It's not too flattering a uh, comparison. I don't think I would want to be compared to a donkey. But in fact, if we understand the bracha, we'll recognize that Yaakov really (laughs) saved, I think, the best bracha for Yisachar. How is he compared to a donkey? So the next Pasuk says, Vayar menucha kitayv, he saw menucha, he saw relaxation, that it's good. It's a good thing to have a relaxation. He saw the land was very pleasant. The simple understanding of this is that Yisachar looks around the world, Yisachar makes a, a mental note of what seems really, really good. He sees that menucha is good. He sees that it's good to relax. It's good to lie on a beach. It's good to chill. It's good to go swimming. It's good to go uh, bike riding. It's beautiful. And the land is beautiful. There's so many things to see, so many experiences, so many sunsets, and so many oceans, and so many mountains. It's a beautiful world. There's a lot of geshmaka things to see in the world. So Yisachar understands this. Yisachar, vayar menucha kitayv, he looks at He looks at the world, he sees that it's good. The world is a very beautiful place, and it is. Ves he sees that there is kishmak in the world. There's so many fun things to do. Menucha is good. The world is good. It's a really nice place. And it's a place that you can get a lot of enjoyment. Let's make no mistake about it. So I would think that the end of the Pasuk would read, and therefore he booked two tickets on a cruise. And therefore he planned a trip to... Uh, to the Swiss Alps. So, what's the next, what's the logical next step for Yisachar to do? So, let's go, let's enjoy. But that's not what the Pasuk says. The Pasuk takes a, a surprising, sharp turn, and it says, Vayet shichmai lispal, vayihi lemas ayved. You know what Yisachar does? Like a, like a donkey. He lowers his neck, Vayet Shechma Lispo, in order 
to receive cargo. What, is a, what does a donkey do? A donkey is a schlepper. It's, an, it's, a, it's a beast that just does nothing but schlep. That's, that's the life of a donkey. If you ever see pictures of, uh, you know, of sort of third world countries, they, have, they don't have cars, they have donkeys. And what do the donkeys have on them? They have tons and tons of pekloch on it, packages and suitcases, luggage, and they're all being schlepped by, by a donkey. That's what a donkey is good at. It, it's good at schlepping. It's the hardest working animal. It's probably the most miserable life of all the animals. And this is what Yisachar is compared to. Vayet Shechmei Lispel, it lowers its neck to schlep, to take the, to take the, the seivel, to be seivel, to suffer. Vayhi Lamas Eved. And it becomes Lamas Eved, and it becomes, he becomes like an indentured servant, an indentured laborer. Strange pasuk. This is a pasuk you really need a, a gadol to explain, you know, what is going on in this pasuk. <laughs> what, what, I can't make heads or tails of this pasuk. You know, them gadol to explain this pasuk. So Baruch Hashem, we have an Adam gadol that explains this pasuk by the name of the Chazanish. We don't have a bigger gadol than the Chazanish. The Chazanish says the following pshat in this pasuk. Listen to this pshat, he says. We don't have many, many vertloch, quote-unquote, from the Chazanish. We have a lot of tire from the Chazanish, a lot of lamdas, a lot of halacha, a lot of mountains of, of fine print and mountains of scholarship, but we don't have that many, you know, Friday morning vertloch from, from the Chazanish to, to change our life. And here's one that we do have, Baruch Hashem. He says, Yisachar represents Tyra. Yisachar is a ben Tyra. Yisachar was the, the shevet that symbolizes learning Tyra. His brother, Zvolon, was a wonderful businessman. He would go out on the high seas and do commerce and make a fortune of money. Most people, they make a fortune of their money and they're risking their lives to do so. They want to come home and they want to just hoard all of it, put it in, in a nice uh, 401k and a stock portfolio and watch, watch their dividends grow and, uh, and live the good life. Zvolan wasn't like that. Zvolan went out to do business to make Parnassah, but not just for himself, but he wanted to support his brother Yisachar who was sitting and learning. That's called the Yisachar-Zvolan relationship and in Halacha, you can actually uh, make what's called the Yisachar-Zvolan deal that if you are a businessman and you're a smart businessman, you could uh, enter into a, into a written contract with a Talmud Chacham, and it's uh, not clear exactly how it's done. Different pais can have different ways of, uh, of explaining it and uh, formulating it. Some say that it has to be mamish 50-50, that you give 50% of all of your income to this uh, to Yisachar for you, you to get half of his... Some say you don't need to get 50, whatever it is, but there is a relationship even today between Yisachers and Zavolans. That Yisachers are supported by Zavolans and they split the profit in Eilam Haba. But Yisachar represents the people that learn Tyre, the people in Kailo, the Avrechem, the Bnei Tyre, the Yeshiva light. That's what Yisachar is in a nutshell.
Now, people are under a false, a very false misunderstanding about Avrechem, about Midichachamim, about people that sit and learn. The misconception is like this. They don't understand the world. They don't have any interest in the world. They don't know about the Geshmaka parts of the world. They're not aware of Hawaii. They're not aware of baseball, basketball, football, movies, Hollywood, Broadway, uh, rock concerts. They're, they're, not, they're not interested in it. They're, they're people, Ilam Habadika mentioned, they're just interested in sitting with their ancient Talmudic texts and, and, and sitting like that day and night. That's what they're in. We're interested in other things. They're interested in that. We're interested in this. And, you know, and so we have our life. They have their life. But that's not the truth. That's not really what's going on in the mind of a, of a normal Yisachar. I don't mean normal in a, in a clinical sense. I mean in a regular, ordinary, standard, average Yisachar. This is the way his mind works or should work. Vayar menucha kitav. I know what's good in life. Trust me, I understand it. I understand what a movie is. I understand what it means to go and to uh, and play play ball more than for exercise. Just enjoy. I know what it means. Like I can understand the geschmack of going to a basketball game, and going to uh, and and going on vacations here, and going on uh, on trips there, and constantly spending all of my free time just engaged in Eilam Haza. I get it. I'm not stupid. I'm not blind. I understand there's a world out there that I have to, you know, that, that I have a taiva to see and to taste and to experience. Yisachar is not like, a, like living in a cave somewhere and has no idea of what, you know, what, what regular people know about. He knows. Baruch Hashem, he knows. He understands there's a world out there. There's, there's a lot to enjoy in this world. It's a beautiful world. It's a beautiful world. What Yisachar does, though, different than the average person on the street. The average person says, listen, I see an ad for, uh, you know, to go on, to go uh, to a vacation. I'm going to book a vacation. This is what I want to do. I have the money. I have the time. I want to book a vacation. Again, this is not against vacation. It's good to take vacations. But I'm just saying as a, as a shkafa b'chlau, I see something geschmack to, to eat. I want to do that. I want to eat that. I, I see a good restaurant. I want to go to the restaurant. I want to... These are things that are, normal people do. That's what Madison Avenue is all about. That's what advertisement is. I know that if I put an ad for a program, for a, for a vacation, for, a, uh, for, for an experience, for a chavaya, many people are going to see it and say, we need to do this. Yisachar also has that havamina to do that. He wants... He's a human being... He has eyes, he has ears, he has a heart, he has, he, has, he, has, he has the same drives as every other person in the world. The Milo of Yisachar is not that he was born in a cave and he just never came out, which is what a lot of people think is what Yisachar is. The Milo of Yisachar is he knows as well as anyone else what's out in the world, but like a Hamar, he says... I might want it. I might think that this is good, and I know it's good. I see that it's good. It's geschmack. I'm going to give that to the Rabbi Nishayim. That That's good. I want to give the best that I have 
to the Rabbanu Shalom. So he makes a conscious decision. He makes a conscious decision that I'm going to bend over my shoulder and I'm going to accept the burden of Limanat Taira, of Amelos Bataira, of a life of Taira and Mitzvahs, which could sometimes seem or be difficult. It is. Sometimes it is difficult. It's a lot easier not having to, to worry about learning Tyra and about doing mitzvah. It's a lot more of, a, of an easygoing life. Yisachar is cognizant of that. But Yisachar says, I want to give all of that geschmack to you, the Rabbi I, I have an option to do this. I could choose a life that's a great geschmack, a lifestyle, just like any of my friends have chosen. But I decide to give that all up. I'm sacrificing all of that geschmack for you, and in lieu of that, and this is what makes him misachar, he bends down like, a, like, a, like an animal of burden, like a beast of burden, like a chamar, and he says, bring it on. Bring on the taira, bring on the mitzvahs, bring on the amelos, bring on the agiyah, bring on all, of the, all the challenges that will arise as a result of learning taira. I understand that because I chose this lifestyle over another lifestyle, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult in my house, uh, explaining to my wife and my children why we're not doing everything that everybody else is doing. I understand it's going to be difficult, you know, to maybe have all of the luxuries that other people have and, and go away and, and, and be able to have the lifestyle and the easiness of, of other people. But a Yisachar says, I understand that, but I'm giving all that to you, Rabbi Shalom. That's yours. I'm giving that up to you. And he accepts upon himself for Akadosh Baruch Hu, the Amelos Hatayra. This is what the Chazanish says in this in this pasuk. I'm thinking of two things when I when I when I say over this Chazanish. Always comes to my mind the same two stories. The first story is that. There is a um, there's a famous vart that's said over from Shamshrafal Hirsch. Shamshrafal Hirsch, um, and it's in fact in his biography, so it's not just uh, above my, so it's in his biography. It says that he went to Switzerland once, he lived in Germany. Uh, he went to Switzerland, and when he came back, they asked him, like, you know, what compelled you to go to Switzerland? What, what was there? Do you have family? Do you have friends? Like, do you, uh, you know, they didn't think he was a skier. So, like, what, you know, what, 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 what were you doing in Switzerland? He said, this is the way they say it. He says, when I die, they're going to ask me in Shamayim, the Ebesh is going to ask me in Shamayim, Shamshan. He says, did you see my Shana Alphen? Did you, did you experience my beautiful... Swiss Alps. Did you see them? Did you see the Alps? He says, and what am I going to say? I have to be able to go back to the Rabbi Shalom that when he asked me, did you see the beauty of my Alps? They're beautiful. I've never seen them personally, but if uh, you see pictures of them, you know, and I'm sure that that's just a, a, a Zerme Ampen, just a little taste of what it must be like to see the actual Alps says, I want to be able to answer in the affirmative. Yes, I saw the Swiss Alps. But I saw once a Haisafa on this Vart. 
I forgot who it was, but it was an Adam Gadol that said it. He said, this, this is something that's, you know, always, this Vart is spread around. And a lot of people, because of this Vart, they go to Switzerland. Because of this Vart, they take trips to Blue. This is like part of the religion. You know, that's part of your Messiah. You have to see the Swiss. You have to go to New Hampshire, and you've got to go to the Grand Canyon. you got to, because the Abish is going to, he says, that same Abish is also going to ask us, did you see Shas? Did you see Paiskim? Did you see the Shulchan Aruch? Did you see the Musar Svarim? Did you see uh, the same Abish there? You know, it's not, you don't have to, I don't think that that's the first question that's going to be asked if you saw, you know, tell me all the places you saw in the world. That might be one of them, if it's true that he said it, and there isn't any, there's a Yushalmi that says you're supposed to enjoy this world and every, every fruit that you didn't get Hana from is going to have some sort of tainus on you in Shemayim. They say that's why the stipler... Uh, used to eat once a year, I think the disciple used to eat an olive, one olive. Why? Because it's brought that a, an olive is kashal, a shikha, it's one of those things that make you forget your learning. So he didn't want to do that. But then there's this Yerushalmi in Kedushin that says that every, every, every fruit that you didn't enjoy is going to have tainus. Why? I, I was on this world, you didn't taste me? So every year, once a year, he had, he had an olive. So, yes, there is an Indian to enjoy this world and to taste from the fruits of this world. But at the same time, a Yisachar says, listen, that might be true. It seems very geschmack when I see the ads in the paper to go to Switzerland, but I'm going to give that up. I'd rather see Tysus. I'd rather see the Ram. I'd rather spend my time being Amel Batayra, like a Hamar, doing being able to do my job for the Rabbanishim and gladly, voluntarily giving up everything. Not because I'm, I don't, I'm not aware of how Gishmak the world is, but because I'm aware of how Gishmak the world is and I want to give up something to the Rabbanishim, I'm giving that to you, Hashem. All that menucha, all that ne'imus that this world definitely does have, I'm making a decision that I'm giving that to you. I'm voluntarily giving that to you, dedicating, devoting it to you, contributing it to you, and I am going to go and sit and learn and be, and be able to have a melus batayra, and you keep the menucha. Give the menucha to other people. That's not, I'm, I'm giving that up. I could. I, don't, I have the option, but I want to give that up for you. The second story that I want to share with you is one that is an incredible story. It happened in this yeshiva to a Talmud of mine, and this is the way the story goes. I once had a Talmud, who I'm still close to, Arayim, and he came from Pittsburgh. And of course, if you come from Pittsburgh, you have to be a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. The Steelers is a, you know, a, a very, very storied football uh, franchise. When I was a kid, the Steelers were like, you know, they had a quarterback who was like Mamish, you know, Mashiach, and he was like everybody, everybody was either into the Steelers when I was a kid or the Cowboys. Those are the two choices you had. I was a Jet fan personally, but there was the Steel. Not that I'm a big foot, but that if I, I like, but I like the Jets. I don't know why, but um, but you were, but the cool, the, the you know, the, the 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 people that were the winners, they either went with the Steelers or with the Cowboys. So this boy was a huge Steelers fan, Mamish, like one of the biggest. And he had all the merch, you know, he had the sweaters, and he had the sweatshirts, and he had the ski caps, and everything was Steelers, Steelers, Steelers. Mamish, all his Ramachi, everything was Steelers. 
This is an incredible story, Rabbi Say. So I don't know what year it was, but the, the Pittsburgh Steelers made it to the Super Bowl. Now, if you're a Steelers fan and your team made it to the Super Bowl, it's a Yama Tavala Rabbanan. It's a great day, right? It's, it's, this is the day that you, this is the day that I have been waiting for, you know, for years until my team makes it into this. Not just a Steeler, any, any fan, but this guy who has died in the wool, Steeler fan, this was his, this is, this is a day that he was going to shine. This is his day. Now, everybody knows that we in Yeshiva have had for many, many years something on the night of the Super Bowl, something called Super Mishmer. And the idea, and it's a beautiful idea, and I know exactly which Talmud came up with the idea back in the early days of Yeshiva. There is a, everybody wants to watch the Super Bowl, or most people want to watch the Super Bowl, you have to give the Eitzar a little bit of a fight. So to incentivize guys to not watch the Super Bowl, and there's a lot of reasons why not to watch the Super Bowl, to incentivize those guys we made in the base Medrash during those hours that the Super Bowl were, uh, were taking place, a mishmar, you, get to, you learn, and, and there's unbelievable food. Unbelievable food, like all the, you know, all the Super Bowl party food, the, the poppers and the, you know, the, whatever it is, uh, the hot dogs and the, like, whatever people are eating in their houses with these Super Bowl parties, we made it like double in yeshiva. Everything, beravchus. So you had an option. You can either watch the Super Bowl or you could come to the Super Mishmar. So I came to the Super Mishmar, and I walk into the base Medrash, and I literally almost had a heart attack. I almost fainted. Because this Talmud, this Steelers fan, was sitting there with a Chavrusa and learning Berisha Dairaisa with all the fire, all the Kailas and Brakam of Harsinai. And he was sitting, Bishas the Super Bowl in the base Medrash learning. It was a very big chiddush to me. I, was, I, was, I, I thought like maybe, you know, somebody must have knocked him over the head and he didn't know what date it was. Maybe he thought it was just a regular night. And I walked over to him and I said, are you aware that tonight's the Super Bowl? He says, yes, I'm aware. Okay, that's the first question. The second question, are you aware that Playing in this year's Super Bowl is none other than the Pittsburgh Steelers. Rebbe, trust me, I'm aware. So I said to him, so why are you here? And listen to what he answered me, because this is Nagea to each and every one of us. He said, Rebbe, I don't have a lot of money. So while other people give a lot to tzedakah, I can't. I don't, have, I don't have the funds to give to tzedakah, unfortunately. He says, and, and other people have a lot of time to go and volunteer and do different good things. And with a, I don't have that much time. 
to give to the Rebbeinu Shalom, to do chesed and to go to hospitals and to do... I'm, I'm, I'm pretty busy. I'm in school. He was in, uh, in, in pre-dent. He says, I, I don't really have that much to give up to the Rebbeinu Shalom. He says, there's one thing that I do have in my life. I don't have money. I don't have a lot going on for me. The one thing that I have is the Pittsburgh Steelers. It gets me up in the morning. It drives me. It excites me. It animates me. It moves me. It, it, it inspires me. This is what I have. I'm sorry. This is, what it, this is since I was a little kid. The Pittsburgh Steelers is what I have. So I decided that what I will give to the Rabbi Shalom is the most valuable, precious thing that I have, and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Tonight during Mishmar, I decided that I'm going to give that up to the Rabbi Nishon. I'm not saying that I won't watch the game after, the, after Super Mishmar. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. But right now, I'm giving to the Rabbi Nishon the Pittsburgh Steelers. Vayar menucha kitayv vesa aretz kina'ema a Yisachar is not a person that's a fool. He's not naive. He's not blind. He's not a caveman. He's not a person that's completely unaware because he's too busy sitting in Yeshiva with his white shirt and his tzitzes out. He doesn't understand what the world is all about. He's just like he's a, he's, he's a naive, you know, person that just doesn't get it. He gets it. He understands very often more than the people in the world what the world is. He understands. It's geschmack. There's a lot of geschmack of things in the world. Everybody has their own things that they enjoy. Whatever it is, everybody has their own things. What makes a Yisachar Yisachar is not that he's blind. It's not that he's, he's not able to understand you know, what is good in life. It's that he understands it so well. And then, He then says, HaKadosh Baruch I'm giving that to you. All that's good in the world that I really want, that I grew up on, I'm giving that to you. That's a gift that I'm giving to you. And instead, I decided to write... It doesn't have to be that, by the way. This is not a schmooze for Kyle guys. It's not a schmooze for people that, you know, that are learning 12, 13, 15 hours a day. This is a schmooze for every one of us because we're all Yisachers. It's just a matter of how many hours a day are we Yisachers. We're all Yisachers. We're all B'nai Taira. And yes, do we have to go to college? Of course we have to go to college. And do we have to, you know, do certain things? Yes. And should we exercise? Of course. And should we, should we eat? Of course. And eat well. But give up to the Rabbi Shalom something for your learning. And when you do that, that's the mark of a Yisachar, says the Chazanish. It's not about learning. It's about what, you're, what, what are you sacrificing for your learning? What geshmaka things of Elam Hazar are you willing to say, yes, but I'm not going to do it. And when you're able to do that, even momentarily, that's a tremendous chus for you. That brands you as a Yisachar. You're the donkey. And that's the greatest compliment. That's not an insult. If somebody ever calls you in life a donkey, go over and give him a hug and a kiss. Because that's the greatest compliment in the world to be a donkey. Because a donkey 
is an animal that is able to lower its neck and give up on whatever it does in order to schlep because that's what its master wants it to do. Sometimes it's almost night seder. And night seder starts at 8. So, you know, there's a vad or you have a chavrusa waiting for you at, at night seder. But at 7.45, you started uh, watching something on YouTube. And it's geschmack. It's funny. It's interesting. It's exciting. You're looking at the news and it's like really, you know, you're very engrossed in what you're doing. You're reading a book and you don't want to put it down just because it's 8 o'clock. And that's understandable. That's human. You're not a, a shake it's because of that. That's, it just makes you human. That's all. You're not a bad person. But what do you do at 8 o'clock? Now it's 8. I have the option of continuing watching, reading, talking, schmoozing, whatever it is. And I want to. I really, really want to. When you shut the computer, when you shut the book, when you say to your friend, I'm enjoying our conversation, but I'm sorry, I have to go to Night Seder, you are the greatest Yisachar. Because at that moment, you're giving up. What you see is good. This is Geshmak. I'm enjoying it. Say, but I'm giving this up for the Rabbi Nishon. In the morning, you're in bed, and it's a cold day outside, and the heater is right by your bed, and you know it's cold out there, and the heater is right by your bed. And really the last thing you want to do is start getting dressed and going to davening. And all your roommates are not doing that. And you say, like, why, why should I? Why should I? I want to stay in bed. It's comfortable here. I didn't get that much sleep last night. It's comfortable here. So let's do it. Let's just stay in bed. You could do that. No one's stopping you. But then just think of Yisachar and say, this morning I want to be Yisachar. And when you're saying that and you get out of bed, and it's not easy. You know, people say, Rebbe Yashiv got up every single morning at 2 o'clock in the morning to learn. There's a cute story, it's not true, but it's just a cute joke that was circulating after Ibelyashev was Nifter, so uh, a lot of people were naming their sons after Ibelyashev that were born. And then they discovered that at 2 o'clock in the morning they started waking up and crying. So they stopped, you know, the Rabbanim said, maybe don't name it after Ibelyashev so much. But Rebel Yashiv, you think, okay, Rebel Yashiv is Rebel Yashiv. We learn like crazy. He was, uh, you know, the Paisa Gadar, the Masman Adar, the Shaktan Adar. He was everything. He was a, a God. It was everything. He was our, our Amadai Ra. So, so it was easy for him to get up at 2 o'clock in the morning. Really? Was it easy for Rebel Yashiv to get up at 2 o'clock in the morning? When he was in his 80s, 90s, he was, it was easy for, for Rebel Yashiv to get up in the morning? No, it was a struggle. You know how cold it is in your Shalayim in the winter? And with the, with the stone walls, and this this house was built in you know in 1903 probably, and and the the probably the, the cold air is coming through the house. You think it's it's easy for Eliashiv to get up at two o'clock in the morning? It says that he used to kick his blanket off 
at two o'clock in the morning. He would take his blanket that was warming him and kick it off the bed because he was afraid if he wouldn't, then he'd want to just stay under his toasty blanket. It wasn't easy. He knew what it was. But he was a Yisachar, not because he was oblivious to the Nisiyanis of life, but precisely because he was so aware of it. And then he gives it up, he dedicates it to the Rabbani and I want to get up now to learn. I want to be a Vayet Shech Lispel. I want to be able to be a Masmid. I want to be able to learn a little bit this morning. That's what made Rabbi Yashiv great. Not because he was a robot. That's what depresses us about these biographies of Gedeon. We say, like, <laughs> I can't, me and Rabbi Yashiv are about as far away from each other as, as, as Earth to Pluto. It, it, there's, there's no Shaykhs between me and Rabbi Yashiv. I have Taivas. I have Yitzharas. I have I have a goof. He had no goof. He just had an neshama. And where that might be true to a certain degree, but he also did have a goof, and he had to work very hard to get to where he was. And it was these everyday decisions. It wasn't a lifetime decision. I'm going to be a, a masmid. It's every two o'clock in the morning, every night, two o'clock in the morning. There was a struggle. I'm Yisachar. Every night Seder, struggle, Ami Yisachar. Every first Seder, struggle, Ami Yisachar. And we're not always going to be able to, to pull it off. We're not going to think about being Yisachar every morning. There will be mornings that you know, we're not going to wait, want to wake up for the earliest minion. We're going to want to wake up for the later minion. But when we do, we deserve like a ticker tape parade every single day that we're able to miscabber over ourselves and fight the battle, and be a Yisachar. They say a story about Rav Shach, that Rav Shach, when he was a very old man, he, was, uh, he, went, he woke up in the morning, and, he, um, and then he went to davening in yeshiva, and by breakfast he ate with his family in his, in his apartment, and he told his family the following incredible thing. He said, this morning, I had a very strong battle with my Yitzhahara. They said, well, what type of battle did Rav Shach have with the Yitzhahara? He says, I went to sleep very late last night. I was involved in, I don't know, chesed, learning, whatever. It was something he was busy with until very late at night. And I woke up this morning to go to yeshiva at 6.30, let's say. And I went to Yeshiva, and as I was, I was about to get up, and then the Yitzhara comes to me, and the Yitzhara says, what are you doing? You're an old man, you're 95 years old, and you have, you're not a healthy man, and you went to sleep very late last night, it's not healthy for you to wake up now. You'll go to a later minyan, you'll dive in late, whatever it is, but, you know, just give it up a little bit. You're fine, you're, you're good. And Rav Shach said, you know, I was about to buy into it, I was about to turn over. This is Rav Shach talking, it's unbelievable, you know, that we, that Kedele Yisrael have Yetzirah like we do. Also struggling. I was about to give in, and then all of a sudden I hopped, that the Gemara says that the Yetzahara comes into a person miyad Sanhedrin. As soon as the baby comes out of his mother's womb, the Yetzahara jumps in 
to the body, and that's when, that's when it starts. That's when the whole struggle starts. The Eitzah comes later in life, by the Bar Mitzvah maybe, but the Eitzahara comes in, Miyad so he says, I made a very pashra He says, I looked at the Yitzhar in the eye, and I said, if that Gemara is true, and of course it is, that means that you and me are exactly the same age. You were born when I was born. If I'm that old 93-year-old like you're painting me to be, that means you're an old 93-year-old too. And you were able to get up early this morning to do your Avaidah, so I have to do my Avaidah. And with that, he jumped out of bed and he, go, he went to davening. My point, Rabbi Say, is that the problem with us is not that we, don't, that, that we have Yetzirah. That's, that's human. That's very normal. We all have Yetzirahs. That, that, maybe some people have a bigger Yetzirah. The Gemara says, that, uh, that the bigger you are, the bigger Yetzirah you have. If you're a Gadol B'Yisrael, that means the Yetzirah is really big and you're, you're fighting it. It's a bigger fight. But, you know, we think I have a crazy Yetzirah and you might, you might. We all have Yetzirahs. That's not the problem. We don't clap al for having a Yetzirah. That we all have. There is actually an al I know that we, we do about al but that's a different shmuz. But it's not what it means. It doesn't mean that we're, we're, we're clapping al for having Yetzirah. That, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us that Yetzirah. We didn't ask for it. The challenge of our life is to be miskaber over the Yetzirah. It's a very hard challenge. It's very, very hard, especially when you're young. Um, it's very hard to miskaber over the Yetzirah because there's really very little except for you, yourself, and you to you know, to, you don't have like a, you know, you don't, you know, if you're married, if you're married, then, you know, your wife is sort of your mashkiach, you know, you don't want to sleep late and your wife is like running off to work at, you know, early to make, to make money for you to, to support you and Kylo and you're, and you're lying in bed until 11 o'clock, that doesn't look good, right? So you're, you're probably, there's a good chance you're going to get up early and when you have children, children are a very big, uh, factor in, in doing the right thing and learning and davening and not, you know, looking at the wrong things and, and uh, you know, and spending your time wisely and talking right. That you have built-in mashkichim all around you once, you once you're married and you have children. But when you're a bachar, you just have you. And the, your roommates, unless you're in a really starker room, they're not helping you too much because they're also faced with many of the same challenges as you are and, and you're all in it together. It's a very hard thing. Being a bachar is a very, very difficult thing. But the one great incentive that we have is this vart of the chazanish, that we're yisachers. And yisachers at every moment of taiva, at every moment of nisayin, at every moment that I just want to throw in the towel. I just want to enjoy this world. It's such a beautiful world. I want to see things. I want to taste things. I want to experience things. I want, to, I want to enjoy. I want to partake in this world. I don't want to live through this whole world and not get the enjoyments of Elam Azeh. And I want it now. That's human. Yisachar had that also. But Yaakov Vinu sensed the greatness of Yisachar. He saw who Yisachar was. And he says, you're a chamar. With all due respect and with all of my love, you're a chamar. Because you decided at every moment of challenge 
that you know what you want and you do want it, but now you're dedicating it to the Rabbeinu Shalom and you're lowering your neck in order to do your Avaidus Hashem. At the risk of sounding like a broken record, I'm preaching to the choir. Everyone in this room, if you're here during final study week on an Arab Shabbos Kaidish, and you came to davening, which you all did, then you don't need this schmooze at all. And my dream would be someday to pipe in the Friday schmooze into every dorm room in yeshiva. Because that's really where it's necessary. This is just, uh, we're just, you know, we're just an echo chamber in here of, of reminding ourselves of what we do every day. But I must say that, first of all, I'm extremely, extremely proud of each and every one of you. Extremely proud. Because you represent everything that we are doing and we're trying to do in this yeshiva. Period. And you deserve all the covenant. You all deserve ticker tape parades. Not just for today, but for every Friday of this month, for every morning of this month, and for every first Seder and night Seder and second Seder and, and Sundays and Shabbos. You deserve tremendous covenant. And you will get it someday. Saif HaKovid love Like... But we have a problem also in yeshiva that can't be ignored, and that is that the chakras is dismal. Night Seder is really not what it could be. Very often, first Seder is not what it could be. Shabbos, I'm not even talking about. And Sunday. And then, of course, the legal holidays and Tuesdays. And, uh, you know, so basically, you know, we have like like one Thursday, I guess, every three months, that, that works out pretty well in yeshiva. And we have to do something about it. It's busyness. It's busyness. And I know that we have really good guys in yeshiva, but I think the problem is that they never heard this chazanish. That's all. If they would just have the opportunity to, to hear this chazanish once... I think it would be a life changer. I, I, when I first saw this Chazanish, it, was, uh, it blew my mind. The Chazanish, first of all, the Chazanish gets this, you know, understands the human, the human condition so well. But the challenges that, I, that, that Yisachar has and what Yisachar decides to do about that challenge, to give up the challenge, not to ignore it, not to suppress it, but to to, on a silver platter, present it to the Rabbani Shalom. I'm giving this to you. He named it. This is it. I'm giving up my life to you. We're college-age people, right? Not me, but you. You, I'm sure, have many friends that are in, in, in co-ed colleges or in, uh, you know, or in colleges that are, have less standards than yeshiva. And I can imagine what many of them are, what many of your friends may or may not be doing. And... You have that option. I'm sure you all went through, you know, uh, you know, not all, but many, you know, in high schools, they have uh, guidance, college guidance counselors, and they were probably steering you to other... I don't know if Lander College Fund was the first option on the table, but for whatever reason, Ashkocha had it that you decided to come here. But coming here, every day that you are here, is a statement 
that Vayar Menucha Kitai Vesar I know it's out there. I had that option. But Vayet Shech Melispel, I'm here. And when I'm here, I'm enjoying giving up the Rabbanishalm, those things that I can't do. And at the same time, totally immersing myself in the beauty of the Torah. I'm not, this is not like we're suffering. We're not suffering here. I don't mean to paint it in that way. We're, we have a beautiful existence here. We have, you know, the best of Gashmias here and the best of Ruchmias. But the mere statement that we're here is itself this Pasuk. I had many options. And I could have taken up all of those options, but I decided... I decided, however that happened, today I'm here and today I'm lowering my shoulder to accept upon myself the beautiful burden of being a Ben Taira. It makes all the difference in the world. The, the complexion that you put on your learning and your sacrifice and the challenges that you have and giving them up to the Rabbani Shalom. Dedicating to the Rabbani Shalom is very different than just like, uh, I can't, uh, it's a different thing, it's a different world. There, there could be two Yisachas, one is like, All right, I really don't want to do this, but I'm taking a bullet for God. The other one is, no, I want to give up to the Rabbi Hashem everything so that I could do what he wants. If everyone could just like, maybe tell over to a few guys in Yeshiva that are not here today for whatever, I don't mean to indict everybody that's not here on Fridays and I know many people have their own cheshbainis but if you could just do me a personal favor or you could just you know forward them the shmooz and just say do me a favor and just listen to this, this is the required listening maybe it'll have a reishim on some of them maybe we can go back into the next zman and really be fired up and we had a whole meeting the Rabbeim did yesterday about what to do in yeshiva about about these issues that, that we're discussing here a little bit of and at the end of the day, you know, whatever, all the solutions may or may not work, but I don't think they'll work as well as just listening to these words of the Chazanish and understanding that, yes, I'm giving up something by getting out of bed, but I'm giving that to the Rabbani Shalom. Any menucha that I have, giving to the Rabbani Shalom. Any menucha that I have for not going tonight, said I'm giving that up to the Rabbani Shalom. Any menucha and this is something, I'm not talking about Ben Azmanim that we're going into. You had a hard Zman. You should learn every day, of course, as much as you can. But at the same time, you should relax. You should enjoy. You should spend time with your families. You should spend time you know, doing good things and, 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 and being able to, to renew your strength so that you come back next Zman stronger and better and pumped up and fired up for the next Zman, which will be great. We're going to start, I think, next Zman on Tubashvat, or the night of the first, first day of the Zman, I think, the night, I believe, is Tubashvat. We're going to have a beautiful tish up here in this room and get ready for it and be here for it. But do me a favor, just do me a favor. This shmuz is not for you, but it's for you to spread and it's for you to share. If we want to make yeshiva great again, we want to make the yeshiva really be able to be packed by davening. So it's geschmack to davenir. And it's geschmack to be by night sitter. And it's geschmack to... This is what I think will go a long way in helping them. This is what we want. We all want to be in yeshiva that's, that's, that's vibrating with and pulsating with, with, with joy of Tyra and, and the booming kol Tyra and the, and the hislavas and the simcha and the shira of Tyra. But 
we have to spread out all over. We have to be ufaratsa. We have to make sure to in, to get as many people excited about being a yisachar as possible. And I think we could do it together as a group, as a as a chabura. And amidst Hashem, uh, we will have a closer shmuz this Thursday. Uh, but beyond that, I hope that you have a beautiful Shabbos and a beautiful uh, intercession.